I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member of MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined always by my co-host contributor at mavs.com how you feeling isaac harris i'm feeling pretty good pretty good we just had that devin booker jazz game in which devin, excuse me excuse me you mean the jimmer game uh the jimmer game i'm sorry i uh, should have prefaced that uh welcome back jimmer wow congrats i still i still okay i'm not gonna lie i still have a little flag on jimmer island he's older I still than think- both of us that's great, but I still think he could have a shot in the league off the bench as like a scoring guy. His shot. If is campaign his, could his, last in the league as long as he did, you know, Jimmer. campaign was just there for the celebrations. Like campaign was just there as a rah rah guy. Jimmer's Jimmer's chance in the NBA is the same as his shot tonight. One for ten. He's got a one in ten chance to make it in the league. That's mean. <laughs> no, I hope Jimmer makes it, and it's it's cool that he's. I mean, he worked real hard. He went overseas. He's been on Dan Patrick's show several times since he's gone overseas and talked about, you know, what he's been doing and, you know, the 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 love that he gets overseas and he had like a 70-point game overseas and and all this kind of stuff. So, he's been really working over there. So, I hope he gets his shot for sure. Yeah, and I mean, if you're the Suns, you have nothing else to, I mean, play for at this point. So, just put Jimmer in and ride the people are going to love Jimmer. Also, Booker scored 59. Congrats. I don't know if he's good or not. He's going. He's, wait, are you joking? I'm like halfway joking. I mean, he's good. I just don't know what to think of him. I mean, he's a, he like, gets buckets. Is he, is he a, like a winning? Is he a, a winning taker team to the Western Conference player, or is he a glorified Lou Williams? They don't have any point guards. They don't have any point guards on their roster. That's true. I just don't know what to think of him. They right haven't now. had any, and all their players. I mean, these are the guys that Ray Spalding got 13 minutes for the Suns. Heck night. yeah, we love Ray. Ray Spalding and Jimmer Fredette average or uh, they played twenty seven minutes tonight <laughs> total. So and the rest, of the, I mean, the rest of their roster just didn't play. They they weren't alive during Y two K pretty much. Don't tell me about their roster. Uh, Memphis laid out a great roster. Oh boy, this is the good one. We we love when Memphis wins games. So Memphis Memphis did their best job to tank. <laughs> Ever. Just one of the greatest tank attempts ever. Bradley's out. Mike Conley's out. Obviously, Marcus Gasol's been traded. <laughs> All this stuff. They start Tyler Dorsey, DeLon Wright, Justin Holiday. Is it Justin Holiday? Yeah, okay. Just yeah. making sure I have the right holiday. Bruno Caboclo, two years away from being right now. Jonas Valanciunas. And they beat the Thunder at full strength by 12. The Thunder had all their guys. Westbrook played 36 minutes. Paul George played 38 minutes. Steven Adams played 31 minutes. Dennis Schroeder played 36 minutes. Nerlens Noel only played uh, two minutes and 42 seconds, if you were wondering, Isaac. How, of course. Um, how worried should you be if you're an OKC fan right now? Man, they they are really – ever since I did a breakdown video of them, they've really fallen off. It's the Dawkins curse. It's the Dockets curse. 
They're they're in the eighth spot again. Guys, if y'all haven't been watching Nick's videos, he cranks out videos right now, and they're high class videos. I literally was just telling my friend about them the other day, and I was showing him your. It used to be like one every now and then, but now you crank them out all the time, and they're great. It's kind of my job now, which is pretty awesome. Heck yeah, it is. Yeah, I do videos over at Free Dawkins, the YouTube channel. It's Free Dawkins, and you can go to the playlist, go to NBA Breakdowns. Boom, that's all my stuff. There's a couple things that are Coach Nick from B-Ball Breakdown. That's earlier, but you can obviously tell the thumbnails are very different. <laughs> the thumbnails from Coach Nick look like Coach Nick B-Ball Breakdown videos, but the rest of mine are there. I just did a video tonight. It should be up on Tuesday um, of Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose's comeback, and it's been crazy. Derrick Rose's comeback this season, the stuff that he's done. He is, um, you would not expect, he is third in the NBA in, in mid-range shooting. Interesting. Yeah, weird, right? <laughs> Where's Mello? Mello is <laughs> not great. Where's Rondo? Ron, man, Rondo has just fallen off a cliff. I don't know if Rondo's going to be on a roster next year. Nah, he'll he'll be on somebody's roster. He will because he he apparently was a good vet on the bench. But oh, all right, that's your that's your look around the NBA tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what else happened? The Magic beat the 76ers? 76ers are kind of in trouble, too. They, they've dropped some games here and there. Yeah, I'm not as worried about them, though. No, because I don't think they're coming out of the East anyway. Mm, I don't think so. They all have their own question marks and stuff right now. It's very but true. I could see it, though. And when the playoffs happen, we all know it's a different type of basketball than regular season, and a lot of times stars take over. And... If they can, if they can figure out their priority list when it comes to offense, that that's where it will unlock how far they go. I think yeah. when it comes down to the end of the games, Jimmy Butler needs the ball in his hands. It doesn't need to be Ben Simmons, and or Embiid. It needs to be Embiid or Butler. Embiid needs to like play in the post instead of launching fifteen threes a game. And so, yeah, not uh, not great. All right, on the podcast today, we're going to start a new segment that we're going to do on this podcast. I am very excited for this segment. It is the, we're going to do the Tankathon simulation of the day. I've been doing this on Twitter the last couple of days, and it's gone over very well. And so we're going to go to, to Tankathon. I'm going to hit simulation once, and then we're going to come up with a scenario. Um, maybe not once. Maybe I'll do it until the Mavericks get a pick. How about that? Because it's not going to be fun unless the Mavericks get a pick. <laughs> I was going to say, well, yeah, what if it's... Right uh, now they have thirty seven percent chance to get it to get a pick. So uh, Nick's gonna Nick's gonna do it. Wow, the Lakers land at one. Yeah, three percent chance. Three percent. That's something. Get out of here. It's got, they cry. got some ping pong balls. LeBron's got some ping pong balls. I, I would okay, here's <laughs> I think I would what would I want more? I would want the Lakers not to get a top <laughs> the top pick in the draft more than I would want Dallas if I had to pick. To get it, like if the gene, if it, if the genie from Aladdin popped out, not Will Smith, no, Will Smith or Robin Williams, it's <laughs> very different. Robin, Robin Williams, uh, and he popped out and he said, "Hey, you get one wish. <laughs> you can either wish that Dallas gets a top four pick in the draft, or you can have a wish that the Lakers do not land at one." <laughs> and I would wish the Lakers do not land at one because I do not want to see Zion in a Lakers jersey. Wow, selfish, selfish. You wouldn't, you wouldn't use one of your wishes on your own team. Uh, we got Luca and Porzingis. Just you got to view the draft as just icing on the cake at that point. Pouring yeah. out a lot of icing at this point. 
All right, you ready? So, for the, are you ready for the simulation? I'm ready. All right, let's do it after this. All right, Isaac, I'm hitting the button. I wish I had a sound effect. I'm just going to make it with my mouth. Ooh, okay. Are you ready for this? Dallas Uh-oh. does get a pick. Okay. Ooh, ooh, Dallas ooh. did get a pick. Okay. Let me go start at number one. Number one, the Atlanta Hawks land Zion Williamson. Oh, you're just telling me who they're going to pick? I mean, that's an automatic. Atlanta's, Atlanta gets number one. They're well, picking Zion, right? I mean, last year it should have been automatic. They took Luca at three, but. Ooh, shots. <laughs> yeah, sure. Zion in Atlanta. Number two. And that'd be fun. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, dear God. Why? No. Get out of They're getting R.J. Barrett, though, which is the Anthony Bennett of this draft. He's not Anthony <laughs> No, I'm totally Bennett. kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. He's, he, he is good. Um, <laughs> like, yes. Anthony Bennett wasn't even good. Most people had him at seven or eight or nine, it's, that draft. Yes, and that was a weak draft wild. anyway. <laughs> so, that was the, one of the weirdest things that ever happened in the NBA. Like, weirder than Fultz. Weird, weirder yes. than Kawhi, weirder than none of that stuff. made sense at all. Um, yeah, I guess that, I guess we would lean and say they would take RJ because just how good Sexton has been playing uh, recently. But and I don't think the gap between Ja and RJ Barrett is that significant to where you would give up on Colin Sexton. Right, right. You don't want to you want to cannibalize your own guy you just got. Yeah. Number three, the Memphis Grizzlies. Ooh, that's interesting. I think they would take Jaw. Yeah, at that yeah yeah at that point you take Jaw. Jaw and Javon Carter as a long term play. That, that's John. John Jaron Jackson. Right, right, right. But as a backcourt, would, would that be quadruple J? Wow, Jaw, Javon, and Jaron. Oh, Jaw, Javon, ja. Jaron Jackson Jr. How many J's <laughs> is that? And Jonas. <laughs> oh my gosh! This How many intense. J's do they have? They have more J's than the Mavs used to have. <laughs> yeah, they they probably take John Moran at that point, and that's that's great for their fan base. That that's a guy because Jaron Jackson Jr. is not a personality. I feel like Ja is more of a personality that a fan base can get behind. Yeah, and that wouldn't be you know you went to uh, Murray State in Kentucky, so that wouldn't be too far away from from college stuff. And I think Ja's from was it North Carolina or South Carolina? Um, you put me on the anyway, spot. but yeah, Memphis would be a cool fit for him. It would be. I'd, be. I'd be happy for that fan base. This is this is one team that I kind of am. I kind of do want them to get a good pick. Memphis. Yeah. 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 That's fine. I mean, they're still a ways away. It's gonna still take a little bit of time. But my whole thing is, I just want more people in the East. So if if all of the top three or four teams could just be East teams, that would be great. Like I would love for Zion to go to the Knicks. I think it would be awesome. Just uh, waste away, so, just waste away over there. It would be so fun to watch him in Madison Square Garden and everything, and especially when Katie and Kyrie go. That would just be a lot of fun to see in the East. But John Morant from South Carolina, by the way. South Carolina, okay. I knew it was a Carolina, but so that means that at number four, the Dallas Mavericks. Hmm. Okay. Interesting spot here. Immediately, do you think? Oh, there's a player that I want because now off the board is Zion. R.J. Barrett and John Morant. Those guys are off the board. Is there a guy that you want more than you would be willing to trade this pick? I don't want to trade this. 
Okay, well, obviously not just because it's at the four spot, but this is the worst outcome if you do keep your pick because <laughs> because it's because, lowest, but also because it's only like a three-player draft at this point. Well, it's basically a one-person draft, but when it comes down to Ja and, and RJ, there are teams that will sell themselves on RJ Barrett or Ja Morant. Yes. And they're, it's kind of different because R.J. Barrett has been this hyped prospect for a while now, coming out of Canada and just everything about him. I mean, I literally talked to Dwight Powell about him two years ago, and now he's going to be entering the draft. That's We've just been hearing about R.J. for a long time. And so I could see somebody selling themselves on, hey, we got to get this score, R.J. Barrett, and I could see somebody moving up for him. Um John Morant's the same thing. If Phoenix, you know, drops to five or six, or you know, one of these teams, and they're looking at saying, or or Memphis, and like, hey, we really want to move up for John Morant. I could see a team doing that. Well, once you get past those two guys, then I don't think anybody's moving up for Cam Reddish. I mean, I, I mean, or at least giving up significant value right. to move up for that fourth pick. So. It just depends on what you you know what you could get. Is somebody does somebody fall in love with somebody in that in that four range? And they're like, you know, at that point, if Dallas sitting there saying, "Hey, we like you know three or four guys at this at this spot, we'll take anything." You know, we'll take a, a young prospect. We'll take any a protected first lottery protected first for next year. You know, anything along those lines to drop down a few spots, but. If you stay at four, you know who I want. I want DeAndre Hunter, uh, but I, I think they should trade it. I think. I mean, if they don't land Zion, if they don't land the first pick with Zion, then they should trade the pick. Anyway, depending on the package. Obviously. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I don't know what you're getting for four though at this point because if you look down, you know, like you said, who's going to trade up for DeAndre Hunter or a Jared Culver or Brandon Clark, you know, or guys like that? Who who who's trade or Cam Reddish even? Like who are you? Who's trading up at this point? Uh, I I don't really see like is are the Knicks at five, the Suns at six, the Bulls at seven. Those that's that's three really sad fan bases by the way. <laughs> if this is the order on draft night, New York, Phoenix, and Chicago at five through seven. This is this is one of the the results that could happen that I was talking about last week, where a team like a fan base would be so upset that teams would stop tanking probably. Because New York yeah. is just New York has sold their you know fan base on tanking the entire year. All the you know, New York New York fans have been saying, "Oh, we're getting Zion, we're getting Zion," and we've even had a couple in our mentions. I, I send them to you all the time. Of like, this person goes, "You know, this is not the way it's going to turn out, and the, the Knicks are going to get number one." Guys, the Knicks have a fourteen percent chance to get number one. The Mavericks have a nine percent. It's five percent. It's five percentage points difference. It's not that yeah. big, and so this is their most likely outcome for New York is this five spot. Um, they're going to be really disappointed, and it, it. I think it is. If an, if a result like this happens, it's going to dissuade some teams from tanking next year. Yeah, well, and, and this this draft is so so different because I don't think you have these A list superstar type of guys, but I think you have a ton of good role player type of guys. And even when you get into that range of, yeah. I think Cam Reddish could be just fine in the NBA as a role player type of guy. He has a little up, you know, I think he has more potential that he could reach and, you know, in a different situation. But these Cam Reddish, Jarrett Culver, uh, even the guy out of Texas, Jackson Hayes, like these guys 
are going to be like decent, good role players. I, they're just not on that Zion type of thing. They're not. Even, they're not on any of the top five type of range from last year's draft. Like Bagley, Trey Young, all of those guys. They have like star type of potential. Outside of Zion, it's just not. The, well, I mean, okay, I'll, I should take it back. John Morant and RJ have a different type of potential than the other ones, but. It's a different type of fit for Dallas, and we're not the biggest fans of that. Absolutely. So there you go. That's the that's the simulation. That's kind of get, that's kind of how it's going to work. We'll do some of these. We might do it every day. We might do it every other day or something like that because we do five days a week. But uh, we'll simulate. We'll talk about what the situation is today on my Twitter. I got number two, and that's a very interesting spot because then you could actually probably get some trades out of it. So um, yeah. it's very fascinating going forward. All right, let's take another break, and when we come back, some big questions on those top prospects we just mentioned. All right, Isaac. So I got big questions on the top five-ish guys. There's, there's about, there's, there's really, I guess there is top five. It feels like Jared Culver's really landed in the top five for a lot of people. So this is, this is a top five essentially. First one through the NCAA tournament, through Zion's insane insanity, have we learned anything about Zion in this tournament? No, nothing. I mean, nothing new. I mean. He- He's the number one overall pick. It's not even a debate. It's not it not not at all. He's still that UCF game was crazy, uh, just how it ended, and it was kind of cool because he he didn't shy away from the moment, and he took it. He drove the basket uh, and got the fifth foul on, t- on massive taco, and <laughs> got the end one. But he did miss the free throw, but. No, I mean, he, yeah, nothing new for Zion so far in the tournament. He's still unreal. Still unreal. I feel like we've seen a little bit more that he loves it. Like, he just loves basketball, and he loves the game. I feel like in the tournament, you, just, you see that raw emotion more because it means more, and it matters right now. Um, his motor is yeah. insane, and that's what kind of – his hustle motor combined with his athleticism makes him just ridiculous. And, you know, he played in, he played in all 40 minutes in that game yeah. against UCF. And if people had any doubts about the injury, the knee thing and blowing out the shoot and all that stuff, well, he just played 40 minutes in a game. So I don't, I don't think any of that's uh, a problem anymore. He's like the anti Wiggins. <laughs> Remember Wiggins was supposed to be like, I mean, he's even more athletic than Wiggins already, but he, he loves it and he, he's in it and he's, you know, trying his best and he's got the motor and that's the the opposite of what Andrew Wiggins has, even though he had just as many physical tools as Zion, but he wasn't as athletic, which is crazy because he's still (laughs) super athletic guy. All right. Another question. This is kind of a bigger one. Thoughts on John Morant for the Mavericks. So let's say the Mavericks do get that second pick. Are you worried about John Morant? If the Mavericks pick John Morant, are you worried about the same sort of situation or the same problems arising that the Mavericks had with Dennis and Luca. Okay. Well, first off, if they land two, they're trading. And I agree, but let's say they keep it and they draft John Morant. Uh, I, I just don't see a scenario in which they take John Morant and that, and I say that for a few, a few different reasons. There are shades of Dennis Smith jr. He's a much better passer than Dennis, much better playmaker yes. than Dennis. That that's that the whole different ball game with that. Uh, but if you just look at some of the other things of this super athletic six three point guard, uh, he didn't shoot the ball from three well last year. Uh, his percentage went up this year. He even took to Twitter and to remind people that uh, <laughs> I feel today like John that- Morant seems taller than Dennis because of his build. 
but he's not. They're the same. Height. I could. Yes. Um, there is a question in the back of my mind of what if Dennis played on that Murray State team? What if he played on a smaller school team? Could Dennis put up those type of numbers uh, mm. in a similar type of situation? And um, here's my thing. I, do I think that Morant is Dennis Smith Jr.? No. Do I think that John Morant has a higher ceiling than Dennis Smith Jr.? Yes, I do. I just don't think Dallas is going to run any type of similar situation like that back. And they seem committed to Luka as the point guard and just surrounding him with wings and, you know, Porzingis and stuff. You bring in John Morant. Yes, he's an, an outstanding passer and he, he would be fun dunks wise. But one, you're bringing in another rookie that Rick Carlisle is going to have to try all over again and start the whole Dennis Smith Jr. experiment all back over again uh, with a six three point guard who isn't a knockdown three point shooter and trying to trying to make that fit with Luca. So my whole thing with that is why would you like they had to try to make it fit with Luca and Dennis? Why would you go down that route and try to make it fit instead of when you have other you know? there would be trades on the table for, you know, for John Morant. And our whole thing before is why I have, you know, if they were drafting at two and they, and there were no, no trades on the table that they liked at all. I would take Deandre Hunter. I would take Jared Culver. I would take Brandon Clark. Like these are guys that, because we want Dallas is in the spot now that it, well, I've ran on this rant not too long ago, that they need to draft for need and not want or need and not just, Hey, best player available. They have Porzingis and Luca. We need to find players that will fit in and be ready to play right now. Last year and the year before, we have, we would have not said that. We would say the Mavericks not were, were not in a position to to draft for for need. That's just not where they were. They didn't have enough talent. Now they have two of the biggest young talents in the NBA, and so now they're in this position where they could just draft for for need. Try to hit a single instead of trying to hit a home run. You know, in John Morant, a guy that that could come into the NBA and be awesome, could come into the NBA and be you know, Dennis again. Yeah. Cause you would immediately say, Hey, come, you know, come to Dallas and uh, be our two guard because Lucas, yeah. Lucas, the point guard now. So you would immediately change his role that he's been used to playing. And it has nothing to do. I have the same ish issues with RJ Barrett coming to Dallas. Both of them, I just said have star potential. It's just this spot that Dallas is in. They need to find a forward version. If they stay in their spot, they need to find a forward version of Jalen Brunson. Somebody that can step in year one, come off the bench, log you know a decent amount of minutes, and that's why I say it. De- DeAndre Hunter, uh, Jared Culver, like these guys fit, and they could come off the bench and have a role, and they fit around Luca and Porzingis nicely. Right. Um, I do think John Murray is better than Dennis. Yes. I think he's a better shooter already. He's 81% from the free throw line, which is a good indicator. It wasn't Dennis. Dennis was in like the 60s in college or 70s, something like that. Um, better shooter from three already. Better um, passer for sure. We already mentioned that. He's. Yes. Uh, he seems like he cares a little bit more <laughs> on the court. He's got a little more of a motor. Um, he cares more on defense, I feel like, a little bit. Um, but I think they would still run into the same problems. And some people are saying, well, you know, Dennis had that, that one season where he was the man, and then Luka came in and kind of took his thunder. Ja would come in knowing that he's the second guy. Well, it's going to be the same kind of issue. Ja, Ja's been the, the guy, for, you know, for his whole life probably, and for this whole entire season at Murray State and in the tournament, and he was had the triple-double, and he was, you know, he was the guy. 
And now he's going to get drafted to a situation where he is the the third guy, <laughs> not even not even the second guy. He'll be the third guy at this point. So and, and, it would and run into the same kind of problems. And remember, there's a lot of back and forth come draft workout time. If yeah. we remember certain prospects not working out for certain teams yeah. because they wouldn't want to go there. And it would not sh- shock me one bit, and it, I wouldn't blame him one bit, if John Morant and his camp said, I don't want to work out for Dallas. I don't want to go there. Uh, that I, I want to be a point guard. I want, if you have other teams in that top five, like Phoenix and Chicago, and you know these these guys are saying, or even New York, if they have another pick up through there or something, that are saying, hey, we you would be our point guard from day one, and like that's the situation he would want to go to. So yeah, I just don't. I I think it is very 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 slim chance that John Morant is Dallas Maverick. Like if the Hawks get number two, I feel like John wouldn't want to work out for them either. Probably not. To play with Trey Young? That's that's worse than playing with Luka. Yeah, yeah. As far as fit for him. But I think, yeah. I was I think Atlanta's farther away than Dallas, but still. Agreed, but yeah. agreed. But but as far as, as what John Morant would see from his point of view. Yes, yes, it's true. I'm with that. Um. So, yeah, we're out on John Morant as far as, as, far as for the Mavericks. Not as a player, but as a fit for as Dallas. As a fit for yes. the Mavericks. And the only reason I think that they would draft him is the reason why they drafted Trey Young this season to trade it away. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, really, whoever, whoever lands at two, especially if it's Dallas or Atlanta or something like that, they're going to get offers on the board for Ja. And if it's not an established veteran across the league, it's it's teams wanting to try to move up and they're attaching stuff to it to move up for it. And we'll talk more about those scenarios when we do more of the tankathon simulations coming that's kind of what that's built in for um are you out on rj barrett or cam reddish for the mavs um i mean it seems like you're out on rj barrett what about cam reddish say that say they do get four no there's uh, my big board right now is obviously zion and this is for the mavs it's not overall for yes for the mavericks and three players after that deandre hunter Jarrett culver brandon clark those are my three guys i want after zion and yes, uh, that's over RJ Barrett and over Cam Reddish. Do I think that they could have higher ceilings than some of these guys? Yeah, yeah, especially RJ. But it all goes into Luca and Porzingis being under 24 years old, and you have these other pieces like you're building around them. And so, yeah, um, RJ would be a little harder. Um, yeah, it's just his fit and. I know a lot of, especially Mavs people, and have throughout all oh, Harrison Barnes and blah blah blah. blah and, he's Canadian um, Barnes. He he's just an ISO type ISO scorer. He's a really good scorer, and I think he'll be a good scorer in the NBA. It's just that's just not what we need right now in the league. On paper, Cam Reddish would be a good fit. <laughs> On paper, in this theoretical world, I feel like that's of, Cam Reddish's middle name. It really is, yeah. That's that, and that's it of this like you know this tall wing who's supposed to be able to shoot from you know lights out from the outside and have this defensive potential and Huge all this stuff. Huge wingspan. Yeah. Now I will say this: if if Dallas is setting at four, and they take Cam Reddish, I I feel like we could sell the fan base on it. 
on that because potential. on paper, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have on months the, to talk on about that it potential. on paper and to look I, at. I was listening. I was listening to the One Shining podcast, and they they brought up. I think it was them that brought up the the Cam Reddish thing, and they say, "Hey, just wait. He's gonna be he's gonna be the open gym." draft workout just all-star yes. that when he yeah, gets into yeah. these workouts there's gonna be videos of jim just him him ripped shooting lights out and everybody's like oh man cam reddish like let's go and um i, I think he'll be better in the league than what he's what he is right now at Duke. he's averaging two assists and 2.7 turnovers <laughs> he's not even a point guard it's not even he doesn't like even handle the ball that much and the fact that I say I would take Brandon Clark over Reddish yeah. or even I feel like the Some hottest are screaming I feel, at you. I feel like some right now are screaming right now saying I would take Brandon Clark over RJ Barrett if I'm the, if I'm the Mavs and uh, it's not prospects wise it's uh, it's about the fit with Dallas and I'm sorry. That's why I would say they should trade it. If you have a chance to draft RJ Barrett, there are other teams around the league that would want RJ Barrett more than you, so trade out of it and let somebody have RJ I also feel like RJ would be more of a he's more of a project. I feel like it would take him a little while because I mean even in the even in college he shot thirty one percent from three right now sixty six percent from the line, and it's gonna take him a while to get a shot. The Mavericks need a guy with a shot right now. If they, if they're gonna get a guy like RJ Barrett and t- that plays like him, he's going to have to come in and, and be able to shoot right away. I think well here here's my deal with him. I think he he will step into the league and depending on the situation and I think he'll be able to get buckets. I think he'll be able to score. It's just asking him to be a 3 and D guy coming straight out of this role and that's just never been his thing. He's always been the best player on the court for the most part growing up in every best player in every his country. Stage. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> been that's been the stage for it. So but yeah, it's just he's not going to want to be a 3 and D guy. No. All right, give me uh, give me a, your little thing on Brandon Clark. You've talked about him a couple times. Give me your whole not just, not necessarily a scouting report, but why Brandon Clark? Why is that a guy that you would take even over RJ Barrett? Man, he he's just he's that he's kind of like a DeAndre Hunter type, but he has so much energy. And they played their second game Gonzaga, um, which is kind of crazy because Gonzaga's the number number one team in the region. Some people think they're the best team in the country right now. They're playing really well. And uh, Rui Hachimura, I, I always butcher I that. Hachimura, <laughs> Hachimura. Uh, anyway, he has been kind of like the poster. Hey, this is their prospect, their best player, and all this stuff. When really now, <laughs> like people, their, this is their Kelly Olynyk, their Adam Morrison, their. <laughs> Yeah, like this is th- that's their that's their guy, exactly. and he he's really good, and I like him, but I think slowly people are starting to see, holy crap, this Brandon Clark guy might be their best player, and and you know they played Baylor in the second round uh, of the tournament. Baylor had beat Syracuse in the first round. They played Baylor, and Brandon Clark put up thirty six points mm-hmm. and eight boards, and uh, but those thirty six points, man, you you can go watch it. He has. He has that Zion type of motor and passion, and he blocks shots. He plays above the rim. He's a, he is a high flyer. I feel like every other play he had were these massive dunks. Uh, Gonzaga likes to space the floor, which in college basketball they don't have a ton of space normally, but they like they love to space the floor and they they get their bigs on these short corners, and it gives him this. It, it's it's a really fun offense for me to watch in in college basketball, but. But Brandon Clark, he has a nice touch. He has this like drop step spin move that I feel like he does every other time he he gets the basketball, but yet he pulls it off every time. And 
we talk about touch on this podcast a lot of how not all players have that natural feel kind of like how Brunson had it compared to Dennis and how Luca has this like floater touch Brandon Clark for a big has this touch around the basket that not all bigs have and I really like him I think he'll shoot up draft boards even he is now I mean there's a lot of people have him in the top 10 and it would be one of those guys to where if Dallas reached and and took him at four over like Cam Red or something like that, it would shock some people just on surface level. But I think over time, there some deep draft guys would be like, that's a sneaky good pick, especially for Dallas fit. He could play alongside Porzingis. Um, I think you might get a little redundant with Dwight Powell type yeah. of like, you know, all, all that. But I, re- I do like Brandon Clark. <laughs> just no, just their like skill sets to each other. He feels a little Paul Millsapian to me. Now Paul Millsap okay. rebounded a lot more in college, but that's that's kind of what I get from his some highlights and the stat profile and and everything like that. Size, yeah. measurables. He's a six eight. He's he's a, definitely a four. He's shooting seventy percent from the floor, which is wild. <laughs> Taking ten shots and shooting seventy percent from the floor. That's that touch you're talking about. Uh, he stepped out from three, shooting. 28% from three, but he doesn't even take half of three a game. So he's barely taking any. Uh, eight boards a game, three blocks, two uh, uh, steal. So you're, this is like a defensive guy yes. that you could put next to Porzingis. And, and he's he can, kind of, yes. Go ahead. What, he, he's just, he is like this defensive high-energy big that could play alongside Porzingis. He just doesn't have a three-point shot, shot yet. Will it be something he could develop? I don't know. But It's a good it's a good sign that he's trying in college, though, to, yes. in my opinion. Yes. There you go. So, uh, all right, there you go. That's some big questions on the, the, the top five. We'll have more on guys like DeAndre Hunter, Jared Culver. Um, I would take Culver and Hunter over Brandon Clark. I like both of them. And Culver's having – Culver's the guy that if he keeps it up, over like Sweet 16 coming up, uh, they're getting ready to play Michigan, and then if they beat them, they could play Gonzaga or Florida State or something like that. If he leads Texas Tech to like a Final Four thing, he could start to separate, which he is a top five guy on a lot of people's boards right now. Yeah. But he could start to separate him himself into that top three or four discussion, depending because he's had some big time. He had 28 uh, in the or 29 in the first round game and. Six five defensive, you know, guard wing that can score. People are dying for those right now. And it wouldn't be a hard sell. He's he went to Texas Tech. He's in he's at Texas Tech right now, so not a hard sell to the fan base. Oh, I mean, and he would be a, a great fit next to Luca. So any of those guys Hunter and Culver are kind of interchangeable. I lean DeAndre Hunter at the moment, but Culver could convince me too. I, I like both of them in Dallas. Agreed. There you go. That's some thoughts on the draft prospects. Let us know what you think. Let us know about what you think about the Tankathon results. We're at, at Locked On Mavs on Twitter, at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris. And uh, yeah, we'll be here. We'll be back tomorrow. Game. There's a game tonight? A game tonight in Dallas. Harrison Barnes, welcome back to oh, yeah. Dallas. Kings. Uh, the Sacramento Kings are in town. So now we get some uh, all the Bagley talk again. Yay. <laughs> and. Uh, but yeah, it, it should be a fun night. Only five home games left. I'm pretty sure on the season. Tears, physical and, uh, tears. Yeah, I, I got. Yeah, it's gonna start getting insane over those last few games. I got a media email today about just how media and stuff is gonna be handled going to San Antonio for that last game, and 
Um, just, yeah, those last few games of the season are going to be a wild ride. It'll be crazy. There you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom.